Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Social Media Asia, co-host of the Main and Channel Podcast, and the host of the Social Media Asia YouTube channel, of course. Um, sitting here in Manila, what do, you, what do they call NAIA Terminal 4, about to fly out to Boracay. And I just want to do a, a quick introduction to this week's episode. So in this week's episode, I interviewed Danielle Santana. Uh, she is a Brazilian entrepreneur who moved to China a while ago. Um, really fascinating character, really inspirational story. Um, I actually first came across Daniela in 2000, it was 2000, I'm gonna say 2015, at the, the first or second cross-border summit. Um, and yeah, I was really taken aback by uh, you know the speech that she did, and then there was a female entrepreneurship panel at that summit, and uh, it just made me think a little bit more about even just looking at myself. Uh, the vast majority of my employees are women and I've promoted employees and stuff. So in my actual office place, it's very much equal opportunity. But on my podcast, I haven't had that many uh, women entrepreneurs, right? So it just made me think about, you know, making a more concerted or conscious effort to diversify the podcast. And I thought Daniela would be a perfect guest. Um, so this podcast is all about her journey, her story coming to China, and then how she's built a huge following on LinkedIn, and how she does, uh, she's got a ton of different uh, businesses that she's in, in terms of consulting, but the, I guess the LinkedIn is the main portion of her business. So I think this is a very good, very interesting interview. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot of value for somebody like myself who hasn't really put that much focus into LinkedIn. It was also a little bit of a sort of selfish interview for me to, to learn from Daniela. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. When you meet someone outside of China in a social setting, how do you answer the question, what do you do? Mm, interesting question. So usually I say, well, that's my opening line. I'm a China business consultant, entrepreneur, and LinkedIn trainer. So basically that's what I say. And then I usually compliment saying that um, I help uh, overseas customers to purchase safely from China. So usually that's what I say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So obviously, speaking of overseas, you're originally from Rio. Um, what brought you to China in the first place? Yeah, I'm from Rio, and uh, what brought me to China was basically just uh, a job offer. It wasn't really something that I planned to move to China. I actually just wanted to leave uh, Brazil. I have just graduated, and I used to be a physical education back in the days. And basically, I just wanted to, you know, leave Brazil and explore other countries. And I tried to go to many places, but um, it didn't work out. But then uh, I got a job offer for China. And uh, it was something that I was just temporarily. But uh, after I arrived in China, I really loved it. And I decided to stay longer. So that was like that was like 14 years ago, the first time you came to China? It was yeah, that was 2005. Yeah, so you are a China veteran. Like you've been around for a while. <laughs> As the Chinese say, I am a Jungotong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for I mean, fourteen years ago—that's like 
when Facebook was still open, Google yes. was not blocked, right? Yes, uh, exactly. WeChat wasn't even around then, right? <laughs> we shouldn't say this kind uh, of things, you know, because uh, <laughs> of our age. The other day, I actually told someone like, yeah, Facebook back in the days used to not be blocked. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I first came to China uh, five years ago. The only thing that wasn't blocked at the time was Twitter. Everything else was blocked. So, I'm, I, yeah. So I'm kind of curious, like, what was it like? What, 14 years ago, you come here and, and it's basically open internet. Like, what was the networking like? What was it like uh, business-wise as well? Uh, very different than what is today, I should say, because um, back in the days, we did have uh, open internet, let's say like that. However, there were not that many kinds of uh, networking events, startups, all of those kind of topics wasn't that um, very popular in, in Shenzhen and south of China. Of course, there were sometimes here and there networking events, but um, they were very, very different, very different people, that very different environment than what it is today. So back mm -hmm. in the days, uh, we used a lot of um, Facebook, to connect with the people um, in China as well. And uh, then later on, of course, we started uh, using LinkedIn as well. But um, basically, that's that's the only thing we used. Uh, WeChat also didn't exist. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. So WeChat also didn't exist. So basically, the way... I can't, even, I can't imagine a world without WeChat. That's exactly. just crazy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a completely different word. So back in the days, the way we used to network was basically to go to networking events, which wasn't that many. Um, the ones that were, that were happening, they were, at least here in Shenzhen, they were very expensive as well. And um, usually like the cheese and wine. And so usually not so busy, so not so many people would go. Um, after some time, it was always the same crowd. But uh, today, it's, just, it's so amazing, the networking events, there is something happening every single week. You meet people not only offline, but also online via WeChat, uh, LinkedIn, and so on. So now it's, it's, uh, the internet is closed, let's say, but uh, it's much open in terms of doing business, meeting people, and networking. Cool. So from my research, you came in 2005 for a job. You were in Qingdao at the time? Right? Yeah, I first landed in Qingdao, yeah. So then you're in Qingdao for a few years and then you go back to Brazil, or at least you leave China and you come back in 2008? No, um, not exactly. No? No, I stayed in Qingdao for just around four months. And right after mm -hmm. I moved to Shenzhen and that's when I decided to stay in China. So yeah, then I stayed okay. uh, in total, I would say around three years, then I left uh, China. So what made you come back? Uh, I came back to open my business. So basically when I left, I already had uh, everything in my mind kind of planned that I was leaving mm -hmm. to uh, save money and then come back to open my own trading company. So that was the plan. <laughs> so what was the... So before you decide to open the trading company, what was like the first business idea or opportunity that you got uh, when you first came to China? Yeah, I was doing already some sourcing business for some companies in Brazil when I was just getting started. But uh, that was something that was I was doing uh, on the side. So I was actually a physical education teacher, as I told you. Mm -hmm. And so I used to be in the fitness and wellness industry. 
But when I arrived in China, most of my friends, because most of the foreigners back in the days, they were doing all, everybody was doing trading business, right? Mm-hmm. And so these basically became my family and my friends here in China. And I started to hang out with a bunch of entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh, it's really, really cool, you know, to have your own business, um, to have freedom and um, to just uh, export products from China. But I had no idea how to do that or no business experience whatsoever. And um, then I started to do some sourcing. I started like really small sourcing for some Brazilian companies. So basically, that's how... I got started into the sourcing and manufacturing. So you come back, you open up your business. What were some of the earliest uh, difficulties you faced in your business and how did you overcome them? Well, there were many things. <laughs> Being a first-time entrepreneur and not knowing anything about business, but also not knowing much about sourcing and manufacturing. So there were, there were many things, I would say. But um, when I put something in my mind, I just go and I do it. And so my strategy was to get a job in the industry to learn about the business. So that's what I did. I started to work for freight forwarder companies that wanted to develop the market in Latin America. And not uh, long after I was working for the first company, uh, I got hired for, uh, by a big, big, big Brazilian company. And uh, after that, I quit the job and I was already working full time on my own business. But um, there were a lot of challenges such as like um, finding customers and um, just putting everything together as an entrepreneur. Uh, at that time, I was a solo entrepreneur. And so, so many things to take care of, so many things to think about, uh, visiting the factories as well, learning about negotiation something that I didn't know because uh, coming from a fitness and wellness background, you don't know anything about those topics, right? Mm-hmm. And negotiation, purchasing, uh, none of those kind of things I knew. So I had to learn from by taking a job. And also I took some courses that uh, helped me to get the skills I needed. But basically the, the challenges, they were endless. Um, but I don't <laughs> see things the, as... The challenges, um, the challenges continue I, up to now. <laughs> yeah, correct. But I don't see the challenges as something uh, bad. I always see challenges in a way that is going to help me to grow and to just to provide a better service for my for my customers. And so, therefore, I always see challenges as something really cool because you get to learn. I mean, if I didn't spend all this time in China doing you know this type of business, I would never learn. I would never be where I am today and so I believe every challenge is I was saying it's just um, this little mountain that you have to climb so you can find um, this beautiful view at the top so that's how I see challenges so you mentioned some of the earliest challenges was uh, getting new clients right correct so how did you tackle that at the time well at the time because um, you know Brazilian the Brazilian community um, it's not that it's not that uh, big, so everybody knows everybody. And uh, because I was working with a lot of companies already in Brazil, a lot of people started to get to know uh, my services here. And so basically, I was getting all my businesses from uh, referrals, companies that work with me, clients of cl- uh, and 
clients, friends of clients, and so on. So basically, that um, was the way I was working. But then later, I realized that that's not really sustainable um, if you really want to grow your business and expand. Just referral business is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I started to use LinkedIn to just um, build my brand and I started to work with it and I saw massive results. So basically the way I get customers today is um, basically almost 100% from LinkedIn and from WeChat. And you teach people how to build a a brand off of LinkedIn and how to get customers and, and build your network as well, right? Yeah, correct. Especially for the people in the international trade business because uh, that's my industry as well. I am helping them to build a personal brand on LinkedIn and close high ticket sales. So basically, uh, my business is switching right now from the do it for you, where I used to be in the factories, taking care of those projects, manufacturing, prototyping, sourcing, shipping, quality control, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm basically just um, advising people on how they can get the best out of um, the manufacturing projects, but also uh, helping them how they can build a brand on LinkedIn and close tickets, uh, close high ticket sales. And so basically, I am moving from more the done for you into just um, advising people how to do and training people how to do how to do what I did uh, with my brand on LinkedIn. By any chance, do you know Sam Ovens from Consulting.com? Yeah, sure. I do. <laughs> Did you take his course? No, 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 I didn't. Oh, okay. Because um, I took his course and he, he talks about the evolution of a consultant, right? Because we're, I mean, we're in the same industry. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he was saying that's the next step, right? Initially, as a consultant, you're doing the done-for-you services and then sort of exactly. we do it together and then I teach you how to do it. You know, that, so it's like that evolution in terms of how you mm-hmm. expand. Exactly. Exactly. And right now I am on a phase where uh, I am building my online courses on Mm -hmm. the topics. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to uh, basically just uh, work with a few customers on consultancy basis where I charge a really high price for working one-on-one with me. And then I have all my um, online businesses and passive income as well from that type of business where the person go and take the training on their own and um, well if they want to further help they can purchase uh, the one-on-one service which is going to be much much higher so yeah that is the evolution (laughs) that's awesome so I mean basically I should uh, I should I want to keep tabs on how it goes because you're pretty much doing what I want to be doing in the next couple of years also, I was uh, I sent a link to we hired we hired a new salesperson, and uh, one of the things that I wanted him to do was to build up our LinkedIn profile and start to acquire leads because right now we a lot of our leads are inbound through the content that we make. So I wanted mm-hmm. him to to sort of build out the LinkedIn stuff. So he's definitely going to be checking out some of the courses you provide. Yeah, this uh, I tell you, and because LinkedIn is free, I mean. There is just so much that you can do on LinkedIn. You can create your own articles. And basically, that's how I got my first LinkedIn customer. And it was a really, really good customer. It's with me to today on the manufacturing side. Just by talking about quality control issues in China, 
And uh, I receive, if you have been following me for some time, you know that um, I've been in so many events. I'm doing mentorship programs as well on how to start your own business, how mm -hmm. to grow a business and so many different topics all over China and also in Asia and in many other places. But basically everything is coming from LinkedIn because I build a brand there and also the usage of um, WeChat as well. So basically that's the uh, two platforms I focus the most at this point. Um, I'm also starting with some uh, Facebook ads right now, but uh, that's my main platform is LinkedIn. So um, I recommend for anyone who is starting a business or who is planning to move from um, a company and becoming a consultant, um, independent consultant, LinkedIn is free. You can, you can post your blog, your blog articles um, in the platform. You can connect with um, high qualified leads and so on. So there is no reason why you shouldn't be on LinkedIn today. So you mentioned you have your hands in a lot of different areas, uh, business in China. You chose LinkedIn to build your personal brand. Why did you choose LinkedIn in the first place? And then how would you say that you use LinkedIn uniquely compared to other people? Right. So basically, the reason why I, I continue to work with LinkedIn is because when I was starting my business, I created um, all all social media platforms. <laughs> I think that is the biggest mistake um, a business owner that's just starting has. Like they go and they, okay, now we have to be on Twitter. We have to be on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, mm -hmm. Snapchat, and whatever <laughs> else is coming. Yeah. But the truth is, yes. <laughs> and no, then you try well. to juggle all of those. <laughs> try to juggle. And YouTube, of course. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and the blog. <laughs> so. Yeah, you try to juggle all of those platforms and none of them are working. And the reason is because you just cannot make like all those platforms work for yourself. You have to focus in just one thing and do that really, really well. And then start expanding to other platforms, you know, and sending people from your LinkedIn after you already created a personal brand, for example, to your Instagram or to your Facebook. So basically, that's what I do today. But uh, the reason why I, I continue to stay with LinkedIn, it's because LinkedIn is the easiest one and the most professional one. Mm -hmm. So I was doing B2B, right? So that is a place to be. But today, LinkedIn is also a place for B2C for anyone who wants to build a personal brand, people that want to become a speaker and so on. LinkedIn is a place for all those professionals. And uh, LinkedIn is free. If you're trying to build a personal brand on, on Facebook, you're not going to be able to do that without paying ads. Exactly. Okay, that is 100% sure. Now, YouTube is going to take a really, really long time, plus the amount of uh, time and effort you need to create the videos, edit, and so on. Again, it's going to take you a really, really, really long time for you to grow your YouTube channel. And same with Instagram. And uh, LinkedIn is not like that. On LinkedIn, you can grow a personal brand really, really fast. So. If I tell you an example of one of my done-for-you services where I do, uh, it's called a LinkedIn takeover. I take the client's profile and I use that profile as if I was that person. Uh -huh. And because I know exactly what I should be doing, because I have been repeating this on my business, but also on another people's, on, on other person's um, LinkedIn, I was able to replicate the same success that I have on my LinkedIn 
in this other person's, um, in this client's LinkedIn. And so this person grew from basically, I would say, maybe 20 connections to 800 connections and uh, from top 50 or something to top one on his industry in just three weeks. So these are massive results, okay? This is massive. You can do that. You can um, create that amount of followers in just such a short time on any other platforms without paying. Plus, the other platforms, people will see you more because it's people not there to buy. But on LinkedIn, people are there to find partners, to find speaking speakers, and so on. So LinkedIn is, a, is the best and the easiest way for you to grow your personal brand. And then from there, you can definitely direct to those followers, clients, and so on to some other platforms that you have. So from, from just like a practical perspective, for somebody, let's say, who can't afford your services, um, what, what would be a few tips you would give them in terms of starting to build their brand on LinkedIn? To build a brand, I would say, um, first thing is to understand who you are and what you provide. Okay, I think this is the first thing that you have to be very, very clear. If you're trying to market to everyone, you market to no one. So you have to be very, to be very, very clear on what is your message and what it is that you're trying to provide. And then from there, you need to pick a platform where you're going to build your brand. So clearly, I would recommend go to LinkedIn because of the reasons I already explained. And it's free and it's very, very easy and fast to build an engaging audience on LinkedIn full of customers and uh, potential partners. And so from there, you have to stop providing value to people. So I believe my brand grew so much in the last two years because I've been adding value nonstop to my audience. I also created a few groups on WeChat. So if you are in China listening to this right now, I totally recommend you to open your own WeChat group and create a community around you, your values, your expertise, and start providing value to those people. And a lot of people say, oh, emails doesn't work. Emails don't work in China. Uh, Nobody checks email. And part of this is true, part of this is not. When you build an engaging community and you start offering value to that community and you get to meet those people and they get to know about you, they like you, they know, like, and trust you, when you provide something and they need to enter the email, they will do it. Not they will do it, but they will also keep on checking because I do have an email newsletter for China. Mm-hmm. Now, how funny is that? Because I don't think there are many people doing that here in China because people still have you, this you mean You mean an email audience. newsletter for Chinese, Chinese audiences or like Chinese people? Or? Yes, oh. Chinese. Yeah, for my group, this is both Chinese and foreigners and the, the emails are in English. So this mm. is for Chinese that speak English. Mm. Chinese English speakers. And yeah, and people are opening the emails, they're replying my emails, they're buying my stuff, they're coming to my courses, they're coming to my event, and everything is done via email and via my groups. And so people do check emails, okay? Um, <laughs> of course, you have to be providing value and you have to engage with them so they know that you are going to be, for example, I created a female book club. So and uh, right now, uh, we haven't been doing that uh, for the last, I would say, three months because I got really, really busy with so many projects. I'm launching my online courses right now. 
And so because of that, I, had, I haven't been able to actually do the female book club. And people were messaging me on, on the WeChat private group saying, where is the book? <laughs> <laughs> if I have sent, why they, why they haven't received the book, you know? Yeah. And so they are checking, people are checking, but that is because I built a strong community and they do expect to receive my email. So that's what I'm trying to say. When, when you know what you're doing, when you're providing value to people, there's just so many ways that you can build your brand and you can monetize out of it. So basically, I think these are the, the basic things to build a personal brand. You have to decide to define who you are, what you provide and who you serve. Pick a platform, a place where you're going to meet people and engage with people. Attend networking events as well, but um, I would say online events, uh, online networking works pretty well as well, but always take your connections from online to offline and then start adding value to people. That's the fastest way to grow a personal brand. So were you like posting articles on LinkedIn or were you posting videos on LinkedIn initially or were you just messaging people? Yes, I create my own content. I create articles. Sometimes I make videos. Um, I make free challenges. I make um, meetups, a lot of networking meetups. Sometimes I have 200 people coming from all over South China to my event and just by posting on my WeChat and LinkedIn and that's it. And I don't do really any marketing. I never paid for any marketing in China ever. And, um, and that's basically because I build a strong personal brand and people trust me. People trust that if they go to my event or if they attend my event, they're going to enjoy, it's going to be fun. They're going to meet high qualified uh, people and leads and so on. And so I do a lot of um, things. I also do my female book club here in Shenzhen. And sometimes we also have people coming from Hong Kong, Guangzhou and Dongguan to those meetups, which happens um, every month. And yeah, so I do add a lot of value in different, in different ways. So speaking of meetups and online to offline, I think that's something that Michael Michelini does really well. And we met at the Cross-Border Summit two years ago and uh, last year as, as well. How did you meet, how did you get connected to Michael Michelini? Oh, um, I don't really remember. <laughs> uh, we've been connected for a long time. So to be honest, I don't really remember how I met him. Uh, but yeah, we have done some projects together, So, but I don't really remember <laughs> how I met him. Probably been some networking event, I would say. Or maybe somebody introduced me. Or maybe somebody um, introduced us. Uh, yeah, could be, because I received so many recommendations on a regular basis, on a daily basis, my WeChat doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And also my LinkedIn. And so I don't really, sometimes I don't remember how I met people and when I <laughs> met them because I meet really so many people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I know the feeling. Um, and I was, like I was saying, I think Michelini does that really well as well, the uh, online to offline thing. Um, and the funny thing with him is like, I'll be in Hong Kong or I was like in the Philippines or I'll be in Thailand and then I'll meet somebody and I'll mention him, and then all of a sudden, say, like, "Oh, you know Michael Michelini?" It's like I can't, I can't escape him. He knows everybody. Um, but uh, the last, at the last cross border summit, you were on a female entrepreneurship panel. Um, you mentioned the female book club as well. What inspired you to get into female business empowerment in China? 
Mm, basically, I think this is part of my life purpose. So I love to empower women to create their own business. And so in 2014 was one of the times where I took a break from China. And um, of course, I was still working with China, but I wasn't in China. And I went to Brazil for a little bit and was taking some time for myself, trying to understand, you know, I think it's amazing. <laughs> maybe like those times where you're like, okay, it's time to um, just time. get your things together and, <laughs> and to, um, to look China. for a bigger purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I was also really tired of dealing with factories. Um, I was basically, uh, at that point, I had just finished a really, really big project. You guys can go on my LinkedIn and check it out. Uh, it's, uh, I was doing electronic cigarettes for a really famous brand in Germany. And uh, that project was just massive, millions and millions of pieces. And so much trouble with the manufacturing, especially with the labels. And I was just like very, very tired. I was leaving the factory five in the morning the, the next day. <laughs> to um, finish the entire project. Mm. And so I decided I've to leave um, China. <laughs> yeah, you've been there, right? So I decided to leave China for a little bit and I was just um, researching for things and I got very much into personal development at that point. And I just realized that I really loved um, empowering women to help them create their own business because I didn't have anyone to empower me or to help me or to inspire me, you know, when I was younger to create my own business. Basically, it was an opportunity that landed on my lap coming to China and it was my luck that I actually got to meet those other entrepreneurs. But yep. if I have lived in Brazil, I know I would probably never have, have started my own business because that's not the environment I was in. I don't have any entrepreneur in my family. I don't have any friends that were entrepreneurs. So my reality in Brazil was very, very different than what it is today. And I thought how many women and how many people, not only women, but men as well, are in this position where they do not know what's possible for them. They do not know how much they can create. They do not know that they can live poverty. They do not know that there is a second chance for them. They don't have to be where they are right now. And so basically I created a project called Empowering Women Business Association in Brazil. I started to make a few meetups here and there and I really enjoyed connecting with other entrepreneurs. Then I made an event in Germany. Then I moved back to China and I made an, started making events here in Shenzhen. And basically that's how uh, I got into it. But that's something that I'm going to be always doing. And um, as soon as my online courses are going and rolling, I'm going to spend more time focusing on that part where I'm going to be training women and giving some free trainings as well for women that cannot afford business trainings and so on and just to help them create their own business. So it wasn't even necessarily a female business in China thing. It was more just you wanted to empower women around the world uh, and let them know that it's possible to start a company. Exactly. It wasn't for China. It started in Brazil. And clearly, because I'm in China most of the time, um, I created the offline chapter here. Mm -hmm. But um, it's global. So, yeah, we had a Facebook page, and um, which is not, uh, we are not really using at that moment. But uh, like I said, uh, um, in the future, that's something that I'm going to be focusing more of my time. And it's going to be uh, global. It's not only for China. 
It's interesting because you bring up a good point. Like, I guess globally, obviously, the amount of female entrepreneurs is smaller than men. And then specifically, expats, female expats have moved to China to start companies. There's also a very small section. Um, but then actual Chinese women who start businesses is, is pretty normal. There's so many women that own factories, own shops. Like, it's such a normal part of life in China. And I think people don't really know that. Yeah, I agree with you. Here is it's pretty um, common to see a woman saying, "I'm starting my own business," or "I have my own business," and uh, or "I'm self-employed." Yes, uh, and um, at least in Brazil, I didn't I didn't meet that many people that um, have their own business. So, and I don't think people actually know about. China, but it's not only the women, men and women both here mm-hmm. in China. When you ask them, um, what do you want to do like in five years? I would say the majority of them will say, uh, I just want to start a company and do this or start a small business and do that. While if you ask someone in the Western world, what do you want to do in five years? Most of the people will say, oh, I want to be working as a CEO or for some company or I want to work for the government. I don't know. I, at least that's the feeling that I have. <laughs> it's very, I think the, the mentality is very different. I think here in China, everybody wants to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad I landed here because I do <laughs> like to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't like people telling you what to do, right? That's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing as me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, also a little bit of background on my side. My parents are both entrepreneurs. Um, so I grew up with just seeing my mom and dad like running their own businesses and uh, having, you know, financial and also personal freedom. So for me, it was never even a question. It was always like, okay, I'm going to start a company eventually. So it was, it was, that's always been my mentality. But I agree with you, like in Toronto... Like uh, most people, when they graduate from school, it's, hey, I'm going to work for a bank. I'm going to work for this company. And then the trajectory is like get a condo, get married. And, you know, no one is necessarily thinking outside of the box. There's very few people that decide to go down the entrepreneurship route. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I say the same in Brazil. Um, Nobody in my family have their own business. It's not even an option. And to today, they still don't understand what it is that I do. What do they, what do they think that you explain. do? <laughs> I guess I, I think that I have to explain what I do to one they, more person, you know. They think... <laughs> I was uh, like, okay, that's they, fine. They think you're like a social media celebrity or something, right? Like <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that's funny. It's hard to tell them what I do. Yeah, they don't grasp it. The idea of being your own boss, it's just not, um, yeah, it's too far away. So tell me, I was listening to, uh, I think it's called Charming China. I was listening to a podcast uh, a little bit earlier. And you mentioned that you built a community around uh, female business, obviously the book club. Um, You also have masterminds. You have a monthly meetup. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, uh, we meet every month, usually the last weekend of the month uh, here in Shenzhen. And it's amazing. We just exchange so much information, tools, mindset. We talk about basically everything related to personal development and business. 
and this meetup is free you pay what you consume like for example if we are meeting at a restaurant of course you're going to pay for your meal sometimes we get free drinks because I know a lot of people <laughs> and uh, people we come up with some champagne <laughs> some champagne and yeah and it's really fun and uh, it's, a, it's like a really it became my home you know my family, my home, and we can talk about basically just anything, any business um, challenge that we may, we may be facing. And we have all kinds of women in the group. We have lawyers, we have um, CEOs, we have entrepreneurs, business owners, and you name it. Whatever you need, you can find it on my group. And there's been cases where women started to write their own book after our meetup. There's been cases where uh, women decided they were going to start their own business, which for me is like, you know, of course, amazing. Um, there were cases where uh, somebody just, you know, wanted to, to change home countries because they felt empowered to finally take a leap and move to some other place where they love. You know, just being, it's, it's just an amazing uh, place to be, I would say. I just love the community and I'm going to be very sad that they I leave. <laughs> so how, if, um, if I'm a woman who's looking to join that group right now, like how would that work? Do I go to your website? How would I, or how do I join the WeChat group? For uh, yeah, if you, you can add, um, you can add me on uh, LinkedIn actually, and then I will add you into our group. So if you go to uh, www.linkedin.com forward slash in, I-N forward slash Daniela with double L Santana, you'll be able to find me and you can just, uh, when you send a connection request, make sure that you you um, saying that you have seen, you have watched the po- or, or heard the podcast and you want to join the women's group. And of course, so we will add you there. We'll definitely link that up in the, in the show notes as well on the website. Um, what is your proudest entrepreneurial moment to date? I would say my proudest moment is every time I receive a message either on LinkedIn or WeChat saying thank you very much for this webinar. I'm starting my own book. <laughs> I, I receive that on a regular basis. Thank you so much for this article. It's, it has really helped me I'm finally starting my business. Um, so I would say I'm proud every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a special moment. I'm proud every day. And that's because I love what I do and because um, I know I'm able to help other people and that's the best feeling ever. So one thing I, I, I talk about as well as like in entrepreneurship, when you have, obviously for somebody like yourself who's been in China for such a long time and all the connections that you have, there's a lot of distractions. Um, I know that you have your hands in a lot of different businesses, but how do you remain focused? How do you actually pick opportunities that are going to be beneficial for you and, and not waste your time? Right. Great, great question. Uh, especially here in China, there are a lot of shiny objects. Yeah. So many people wanting, right? <laughs> so many people wanting to do things with you. I receive partnership requests all the time. People from Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, you name it. People on WeChat as well. Uh, wanting to cooperate with me, wanting help here and there. So basically, as an entrepreneur, you have to have um, laser focus. 
But when you are studying, I think it's also good for you to be out and about, okay? Because that's how I started. So I do think you need to put yourself out there and start trying different things and see which are the things that you actually like and what are the things that actually work the best for you. Mm -hmm. After you learn that, what are the things that work the best, the things that you love doing that brings you the most revenue and that gives you the last headache and the last amount of hours of work, um, you can focus on that one thing and keep on doing, replicating um, the system. And I think it's important that every entrepreneur has a system for uh, acquiring leads and closing customers because uh, I believe the number one reason why entrepreneurs fail is because they don't have enough sales. So they fail to make to bring in new customers because they are focusing on so many things like just social media, uh, offline, online networking events and so on. And they forgot that a business is not a business if it's not making money, right? Yeah. And so I would say you have to have a system of how you're getting those customers, how are you closing the customers, have a sales goal that you actually can measure every day. So I measure my sales goal every single day. Like I don't measure just in the end of the month or in the end of the six months. Like every day I look, okay, how much have I achieved my goal? Or if yes, good. If not, how much I need to compensate for the next day. And so I think that is important to keep uh, an eye on your sales target and keep hustling. <laughs> but yeah, try to avoid um, shiny objects and basically just try to understand what it is that works, uh, what it is that is working well. Uh, take that thing and just make that thing better makes a lot of sense and I think as you get more experience you sort of realize the opportunities that are people just sort of wasting your time and they're not prepared and and then I think for you and myself at exactly. this at this stage with the network that you have you can ask around and say okay you know this guy came to me with this opportunity do you know him um, and sort of get a little bit of background or this this woman came to me with an opportunity do you know her and get a little bit of background on that exactly so for example, like um, two years ago, I was doing a lot of business networking events, but I was working on my personal brand. Okay, so my name is all over um, the internet. If you do a Google search, you find a lot of events, a lot of places I spoke, a lot of my own events as well. Exactly. But I was pushing for my personal brand, right? So now I'm not doing that many events anymore because uh, I think I have built the brand in, in a level that I'm comfortable and I think it's fine for me right now. And now I want to focus more on um, automating certain areas of my business so I can have more freedom and scale my business faster as well. And so a lot of people are still contacting me, please do an event here at my hotel, please do this, please can you do that, please come to my restaurant, do an event here. and. Um, People sometimes will get angry at you because they think, oh, <laughs> now that your brand is famous, <laughs> you don't want to come, you don't want to work well, with us anymore. Oh, you you too good for <laughs> me, Daniel? Not... <laughs> huh? I said they say you too good for me now. Oh, that's that's uh, you too famous for me. <laughs> yeah, but it's not true. <laughs> like basically, you are busy now doing other things. You know, it was a time where you were doing those things, but as your business evolved. You need to focus and understand where is the money coming from because business event was never um, 
it was it, it's never it was never like a real business model if you know what i'm saying it was it was a business but part of something bigger mm-hmm. which was to grow my brand and so after i achieved that goal you need to move forward and you need to focus on what it is that is actually uh, helping more people and bring you more revenue and in that case are my consultancy services and my offline and online courses and so and i'm very very busy doing those kind of things and i don't even have time to meet people lately and people really get angry at you and they think that you um, don't like them anymore and, and so on but it's not true it's just that uh, it's a phase and right now you are focusing so much in something that you need to make it happen you cannot distract yourself by going uh, with a coffee with someone that's not going to add any value you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying to um, to you and by value I don't mean oh I want something from that person by value, value I, I mean at least something that is inspiring you know or a good vibe or something like that so it, there is no time to waste and so I'm very picky right now with not only the people that I meet but also the projects there I am working on because I have a bigger goal and I have a bigger vision now and if I start doing everything that I was doing in the past, I won't be able to accomplish those goals. So uh, that makes me want to ask you a personal question. So, for example, I'm taking an hour, an hour and a half of your time with this podcast. How did you go about evaluating whether this was something that you wanted to do or if you had time to do it? Yeah, (laughs) awesome question. So I do have a target goal of 13 podcasts this year. So (laughs) Awesome. I, I, yeah. I, I, so I contacted I, you at the perfect time. <laughs> exactly. So that is in alignment with my goals right now. Plus the podcast talk about China. And I believe I can add value. I can inspire and help people with this interview. And so, yeah, that's how I came up with, uh, with everything that I do these days. Like um, there has to be a plan behind. There has to be um, a why, you know, and the why has to be... Uh, has to be related to some of my goals. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned that you're automating your business, right? Um, mm-hmm. What are you doing exactly right now to automate your business? And where do you see yourself? Where do you see your business in like the next three to five years? Yeah, so I am automating. I'm adding uh, funnels to my business. I already had some before, but I am um, creating better funnels right now. And uh, also using the online courses. I'm going to be working a lot of on info products for the next months and for the next years. So basically, my next three years will be basically focusing on my online courses and consultancy on high ticket sales customers. So that's where I'm going to be focusing and uh, basically just using more tools, more uh, Facebook ads to expand as well, but also so still using LinkedIn um, in a bigger way, adding more content, uh, adding more videos. I'm going to be using more videos, uh, doing more videos this year, more Facebook Lives and so on. And um, yeah, I'm automating in a way where um, the business will, will need the least, I would say, input from me. So for example, when you create an online course, it's something that you create once mm-hmm. and it's there. All you have to do is to market, keep on mar- marketing, getting the customers and um, improving the course as you go, right? And so this is a great way to um, automate your business if you have 
some skills or if you're doing already consultancy right now, you can definitely put everything together, maybe into an ebook or even um, a four hour course, an eight hour course and make it once and keep it rolling, you know, and just work in the marketing, especially if you already have a um, personal brand and people already know, like, and trust you, it's much easier to sell those products. And so you have to keep on going on podcasts and uh, doing public speaking and so on. But also you need to have a system in place where you will get, uh, you will get your customers. In my case, it's uh, using funnels and um, bringing traffic to my website and having an email list. So basically that's what I'm focusing. Uh, one, I think one of the biggest mistakes as well that young entrepreneurs or people that are starting their own business um, don't understand is that they must have an email list. Mm-hmm. And it took me a really, really long time for me to understand that because I think maybe manufacturing and getting business on referrals, I never really care. In fact, my brand was going so well and uh, my website had no traffic whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing. Zero. Yeah. And uh, I decided to close down my website <laughs> at that moment. Oh, really? And I was, <laughs> I was Just because at the time you didn't, see the, you didn't see the value in having the website. Exactly. Because I didn't really... I didn't really understand how to scale my business, you know. I just was focusing on referrals and the business that I was getting from LinkedIn. And I was like, well, my website's not working. I mean, there's no nobody coming anyway. I didn't understand about lead, uh, lead magnets. I didn't understand about email lists and nothing of those things. Um, and so I was relying basically just on referrals and LinkedIn. Okay, and um, because um, I was all over the place, everybody knew me, nobody asked me for my website even. So Mm -hmm. people, a lot of people, a lot of customers, they were doing business with me, not one single person. That's how powerful a personal brand can be. Not one single person were asking me, what is my website (laughs) or what is my business license? Nobody asked me. (laughs) This is incredible, right? (laughs) Well, it's It's not because, I mean, you think about, you think about all the sort of social media influencers, right? Like a lot of those people, they don't have websites, you know, they don't have like, they don't have businesses set up and, you know, they become famous and then all of a sudden they can sell t-shirts, right? Like it's like, yeah, a lot of times and they sell, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a very good point as well, because um, having a, a, I think specifically when you talk about a consulting service and at the beginning the whole word of mouth thing you can lose focus in terms of setting up your funnels but the funny thing is even referrals or having a LinkedIn page or having a a popular Instagram page that is a type of funnel right it's just not the the funnel in the way that we think about it yeah correct that can be considered as a type of funnel because let's say you create one post and um, you drive traffic from that post. And I do that very often on my LinkedIn. So you send people from your LinkedIn to your website. Mm-hmm. So that is one type of uh, a funnel. Yeah, that is one type of a system. But however, um, how, how would I say? It, it, it may not be as consistent because it really depends on how you do that on LinkedIn. And this I actually teach, teach inside my training. You cannot be spamming people all the time on LinkedIn. So there is a very specific way to do that on LinkedIn because otherwise you just be selling, 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 buy from me, buy from me, and that doesn't work on LinkedIn. 
But at this, um, back to the topic that I was saying, so basically this was one of my biggest mistakes that I did on business. And so I closed down my website and I was doing basically business just via LinkedIn and doing a lot of sourcing, manufacturing and so on and having all customers contacting me. And then I was like, hmm, um, now maybe I need um, to put my website back up again and start working on um, email lists and so on and, and also focus more on my personal brand. And so basically that's how my business were able to boom in the last um, two years. And so now I understand how important it is to automate your business at some point, at some level, especially with the funnels, you know. You have to have a specific system for attaining customers and closing deals. So in terms of, so the, the email funnel, the, the website, the, these are relatively new skills that you developed, right? What resources and, or who or what inspired you to learn about that? How did you develop that, that, those skills? Well, um, I don't remember exactly who I was um, getting the resources from back in the days when I first started with the email newsletter. I probably started to read more about marketing and so on. And uh, then I, I first created my email newsletter for the girls from my group. Okay. And, and this was just like sometimes basic email and so on, but um, there was a freebie that people needed to go and download via my website and I was collecting the emails and that email I was using to um, send regular blog posts, articles and um, you know different things, but also events and things that I was selling. And then I was like, okay, now I think I really need to um, put this thing in a bigger way. And so I then started to listen to Amy Porterfield. So if you guys don't know, go check her out. Her content is amazing. She teaches a lot about online marketing, email, email list, and so on. And that's how I started to listen to her podcast. And I started to really grasp the idea of why every entrepreneur should have an email list and a funnel and have that on automation, like basically running every day 24-7 for you to be able to scale your business and have like an eight, nine figure, um, you know, business, seven, seven, eight figure business. So uh, just going back to the original point that you brought up about wanting to do 13 podcasts this year, uh, I guess mm-hmm. one question, how, how many podcasts have you done? And then the second part is... Does it have to do with what you mentioned in terms of making content that lasts forever, so evergreen content? Um, question one, I think this is the fifth or the sixth. <laughs> so I'm doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I still have a uh, halfway to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, the second question, you mean in terms of the content? Um, um, I could not understand exactly. What is your? What do you mean? So you have the target of thirteen for the year. Are you trying to? Is this part of the goal of making content that's going to last forever? Is it sort of like evergreen content oh. that people can always go back to? Okay. Yeah, that is part of um, goals related to building my personal brand. Okay. And yes, indeed, having more things out there about me. So in one of my modules inside my course, I do teach about how to create a personal brand. 
And one of the things that I tell people is that they need to get into podcasts, okay? They need to get into podcasts and speaking engagements because basically that's how, um, if you Google, now you'll find um, me on the first page of Google. Even though my name is a really, really popular name in Brazil and in Latin America, and two years ago, it wasn't like that. Two years ago, you would not be able to find me at all. Mm-hmm. And then after I started to speak in events and put myself out there, you had to type in Daniela Santana China to be able to find me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now all you have to do is you just type in Daniela Santana and you will find at least two to three pages all about the places I've been, the, the events I've spoken at, my own events, my courses, everything is there. And so this is basically part of my strategy of uh, growing my personal brand and putting myself out there. Awesome. And uh, what are your plans for the business in the future? Um, plan is basically just um, to scale more my business and make sure that everything is automated and that I have um, less work because right now I'm working so much <laughs> that I have less work, more time to have um fun with friends and with my dogs and uh, basically that's how I see my business and also having more time to work on my female project and so that's another reason why I want to automate more of my business so I can have more time to do other things that I also love you mentioned that you're in the middle of a launch for next month Mm -hmm. did you want to talk about that before I jump into the closing questions yeah sure so yeah, I am launching um, the second for the second time my LinkedIn Bootcamp online, which is a five-week program for people that want to build a personal brand on LinkedIn and close high-ticket sales. So this program is basically for entrepreneurs, business owners, consultants that um, are struggling right now to bring in customers to their business or to that people that want to build a personal brand and understand that today. People are doing business with people. Nobody wants to do business with logos anymore. And so having a personal brand is the biggest asset you can have on today's world. And with the online social media, with the online businesses, that is the best and fastest way for you, you know, to bring in customers to yourself. For example, on my LinkedIn, on a regular basis, I open my LinkedIn and I find tons of messages from all kinds of things. People wanting to feature me on magazines, people wanting to me to speak at an event, people hire me to be a mentor in some event. And so, but that is because I was able to uh, put myself out there and build a personal brand that uh, resonates with people, you know, on somebody that um, is putting uh, effort and value on a regular basis there to people and by putting value out there uh, you will receive you will receive it back for sure I guarantee you so this is one of the greatest things about creating content uh, and, and being on social media because sometimes you may be thinking oh uh, this is not going anywhere and I don't see any results but sooner or later on LinkedIn especially on LinkedIn you will start to see results really really fast just by one article by writing the, the right article and targeting the right people and so my course has uh, like I said five modules we go all the way from how to create a personal brand how to in- create engagement on your post how to message people how to uh, close sales and so on 
And it's a winning course. Um, the offline course has been going on already for a an year and a half. And it has been featured on TechCrunch already. And right now I'm taking this uh, online. And I'm very, very excited because we already have a community on uh, WeChat and also on uh, Facebook. And I'm just very, very excited because I can see uh, results from the students um, right away. And so, yeah, if you guys want to join, we're going to be launching it next month. We're still setting the correct date so you can find all the information on my website. And um, yeah, I look Daniela forward to Santana.com. Yes, which is, yeah, DanielaSantana.com. You can go there and you'll be able to find uh, a waiting list for my course. So uh, speaking about that, so it's not just consulting businesses, right? It's also like, because uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about one of my clients and they have, uh, mm-hmm. they sell CrossFit equipment and they've mostly been B2C, but recently they told me they've been transitioning into B2B. So for somebody that has like a physical product, is this also something, is this a kind of course that they could work with if they want to sell to companies? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, anybody that needs to sell mm-hmm. uh, or just want to build a personal brand and attract to speaking engagements and opportunities and so on. Because like I said before, LinkedIn is basically for just anyone, B2B and also B2C. Because LinkedIn is transitioning from being a place where people used to look for jobs, where a place where people are adding value, creating content, becoming a blog. Okay, and building the personal brands on LinkedIn. And so the thing is, uh, when you build a personal brand, um, there is just so much you can do with that. You can work on online courses, you can work on offline courses, you can work with uh, other info products, you can work with real products. It doesn't really matter because people already know, like, and trust you. So whatever offer you have there, uh, your audience, they, they are going to engage and it's going to be much easier for you to sell to someone or to bring people into your website when you have a strong LinkedIn profile. So basically, yeah, that's uh, for anyone who also needs to sell or needs to build a personal brand. Awesome. So jumping into the closing questions, what is the smallest thing you've done that's brought you the largest results in your business? Yeah, the smallest thing was to um, create my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> it took me a few minutes. It was horrible. <laughs> I had a very ugly picture. It wasn't a professional picture. I didn't know what the heck I was doing there. Uh, I just first created my first profile because I just opened my company. But at that same time, like I said, I took a job because I needed to learn how to do the business. And so I was actually just looking for customers, but um, I didn't know how to get customers there. But then in 2014, I finally started to understand more about LinkedIn and I started to publish articles. And that one article brought me a really, really big customer. So that was the, it took me almost nothing, right? To create one article and to get one really, really big uh, manufacturing customer. So. The profit that I made throughout the day, throughout the years, with that one customer, cannot uh, compare even with the amount of time I spent writing one article. <laughs> so I would say that was um, the smallest thing. What are three books, podcasts, blogs, or 
vlogs that people can read or listen to to understand you better? Um, I would say uh, LinkedIn, clearly. So if you go to LinkedIn, um, type in Daniela Rizobo L. Santana, you find my name has a cup of coffee right next to it. So you can find all about me and my LinkedIn is actually better than my website because on my LinkedIn, you can see all projects I have worked, all speaking uh, events I have attended and so on. So it's like a full profile there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my website, Daniela with DoubleLSantana.com. And um, recently, I was featured on China Business Cast, talking about um, how to build a personal brand on LinkedIn as well and giving some more tips and steps and talking a little bit about me. So I would say these um, three places. So LinkedIn, China Business Cast, and the website. Yeah, my website. Yeah, but if you're typing in um, Daniela Santana on Google, you'll be able to find um, um, many things that you can learn about me as well. Any any book recommendations? Um, book recommendations, yeah. I love one book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. It's actually one of my favorite books. Um, when I was reading that book, I was going through a really bad breakup and um, also trying to understand what I was going to do with my business at that time. And so I really needed some clarity and that book really helped me to push me and uh, to just understand that fear is normal. Every time that uh, you are challenging yourself and you are you know, trying to reach for a bigger goal, you're going to have that fear and um, you just have to go and pass through it and get things done. Awesome. Uh, and what is the if people want to reach out to you what's the best way to get a hold of you yeah that is the best that's the best way to um, connect with me via LinkedIn awesome thank you Daniela it's been great having you on the podcast Uh, thanks for taking the time my pleasure it's been really really fun to be here yep and guys if you want to reach out to me that's podcast at sourcefinasia.com as I uh, mentioned throughout the podcast, if you want to check out the show notes, uh, see Daniela's website, her LinkedIn at sourcemanager.com slash made in China. And I will check you guys out next week. Cheers. I asked her, can I have your number? Looks like blue must be your color. Love the way you wear that dress. 